there. Welcome to Self Talk. Welcome to another episode of Self Talk. I'm so glad that you're here to join me. I'm your host, Emily, and this is a podcast where I talk to myself about all kinds of different things. And hopefully, through talking to myself, maybe I'm talking to you a little bit and we learn a little bit more about what's going on in our brains and how we can negotiate the weird mental worlds and the weird kind of states that we find ourselves in. So this week, I would like to talk about something that I love. Well, I love most of the time, and that's improvisation. Improvisation is something that I fill a lot of my life with, partially because I'm an extreme nerd who plays a ton of Dungeons & Dragons. Another part of that is through dance. I use improvisation all the time in my dancing. But then also, I use the process of improvisation and improvisational thought and those kinds of thought patterns to help break me out of anxiety cycles or let me expand my mental horizons beyond what I expect of myself and what I feel like other people expect of me. So first off, when we think about the word improvisation, a lot of times we come up with the concept of improv comedy. That's kind of a lot of what people think of. I'm personally not trained at improv. I've always been kind of terrified of acting classes. I kind of wanted to be an actress when I was a kid, but then social anxiety hit me like a truck and the idea of getting up and making a fool of myself and pretending to be somebody else in front of other people was terrifying. So I avoided the acting path and kind of went down into the depths of social anxiety and despair. But now, because of other things, I've been able to learn how to improvise. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can learn from improv comedy and that type of improvisation. But I'm talking a little bit more about just the general concept of improvisation. Improvisation? Oh my. Improv. Wow, I can't say that word. The general concept of improv. Taking a situation that maybe you didn't expect or maybe is a little bit out of left field or is not something you're used to and running with it, figuring out a different solution or using the resources that you have around you to make something interesting of the situation. If you can figure out in your life how to embrace new things that pop up and how to kind of go with the flow or maybe go against the flow, that's kind of not the best metaphor, but take a situation that you may not be used to or you may not have been prepared for and just figure out how to use it and how to keep moving and keep going. That's incredibly powerful. And it's something really cool to experiment with for your personal self-talk. You can create your own little game of improv in your mind. For example, let's say you're invited to a party. And this party is hosted by a friend that you really care about, but you're not going to know anyone else there. So that's already a major red flag if you're somebody with social anxiety. If not, you can skip ahead in this podcast because this part probably won't pertain to you. You might be somebody that loves meeting new people, in which case maybe this isn't quite as necessary. 
If you are somebody that the idea of that freaks you out, then consider this. Rather than going into that situation with the mental tape of, I'm so bad at parties, I'm terrible at meeting new people, I always feel so awkward and I just end up sitting by myself and not having anyone to talk to and just feeling terrible and then leaving early and going home and regretting the decision to leave the house. Instead, what if you said to yourself, okay, I'm going to change one thing about this formula. I'm going to add a little bit of something to mix it up. And that one thing is that when I get to the party, after I've kind of said hello to the host and I'm in that moment of awkwardness and feeling strange, instead of going and sequestering myself or hanging out with the pet, although that's always a good answer is to just go hang out with whatever animal is there, I'm instead going to look for somebody who looks interesting. And I'm going to go up and introduce myself and maybe just ask them how they know the host, uh, tell them a little bit about how I know them, and ask them maybe let, like two questions about themselves. And then from there, you can build on that. Maybe it doesn't work. So maybe they just like talk to you for five seconds and they're like, oh, please leave me alone. In which case, that's their problem, not yours. And you can either try again and roll with it and go talk to somebody else, or you can go back to your hanging out with the dog. Either way, you tried something new. And guess what? That may have turned into the situation where you have a really great conversation with this person and then they know somebody else at the party and they introduce you to them and then you're hanging out in a circle of people and you're all talking and laughing and joking and you're actually interacting with other humans and making new friends. And you never would have been able to open yourself up to that opportunity if you hadn't gone in with the mindset of, I'm going to try this. And I'm going to take whatever happens to me and I'm just going to keep moving. Rather than I'm going to shut myself down, I'm going to keep in the same exact mental pattern that I always have and I'm not going to let anything change because I'm never good at parties. You say, hey, maybe I can at least talk to one person. Maybe I'm okay at parties. Allowing yourself to let one thing be different, maybe something unusual. It could be too much to expect yourself to be able to go and talk to somebody. Maybe instead you decide to change something about the outfit that you wear. You wear like a really fun, zany outfit that you feel like you look cool in. And that might be the thing that's going to instigate. Oh, Jesus. Oh, baby, you scared me. You scared me, little bum. Hello. I almost had a heart attack. Penny pushed the door closed, and I thought someone was coming to murder me. Yeah. You wear something different. You change one aspect of what you put into this situation and see where that takes you. Because guess what? It may take you nowhere. No one may notice. But you're changing things up. You're putting in a different factor into the situation. And if you allow that to kind of snowball into different and more and more new situations, you could find yourself actually having fun at this weird party that you thought it was going to be terrible. Or you can find yourself with just in general coming up with new thoughts, coming up with great creative ideas that maybe you would have never stumbled upon if you hadn't mixed it up. And allowed yourself to say, I'm going to do this weird thing. 
and I'm going to just let it happen and I'm going to see what that brings up after it. And I'm just going to keep accepting the next thing and working through those next things to make them kind of fit together and figure out how that all works. With improvisation, improv comedy especially, there's that whole concept that most of us have heard of, which is the yes and factor. So yes, this is the thing that is happening and this other thing is happening too. And then usually that's with a partner. So it's, I say something and then you say, okay, sure. And then you add on to it and blah, blah, blah. I don't need to explain it to you. You know what I'm talking about. Essentially, you're yes ending your own mental thoughts. You're going to ask your mental tape to, instead of saying the same thing it always does and shutting you down, you're going to ask it instead to yes end you. And then you take that And you keep going with it and you keep trying to have this back and forth of allowing your normal thought patterns to kind of fade away a little bit, fade into the background and try something new. So that may be easier said than done. And I have two things that I personally use that maybe you would like that I want to talk about that helps me develop or build that improvisation muscle so that I don't feel quite as terrible when I'm in a new situation or when I'm presented with a new challenge or task. It allows me to be, well, I wouldn't say super flexible because I'm still a very, very anxious person, but it allows me to at least be able to make it through those situations without having a mental breakdown. First one, I'm a dancer in case you didn't know. I do belly dance and any type of dance. A lot of times one aspect of it is going to be improvisation. Some dance forms are completely improv. Belly dance, you have choreographies, you have routines and stuff, and that's pretty common. But a huge part of it is also improvisation. Something I had to train myself when dancing and doing improvisation is that no matter what, A, I have to keep moving. Or if I stop, I need to, have st- I need to stop and have intention with that stop and use that time to figure out what I'm going to do next and continue the dance and not just give up and stop moving and just stand with my hands on my hips and feel frustrated. And then B, figuring out when I make mistakes or do something weird and new, how to weave that into the greater dance that I'm doing and not being afraid to take those risks and expanding on them. If I'm doing a dance and let's say I lose my balance and I stumble and I start to fall forward, I can turn that into windmilling my arms forward and placing them on the ground and staying there for a moment to ground myself and then pulling up dramatically and turning that all into one movement. Let's say I tripped and actually fell onto the ground. It's going to be a lot less embarrassing if I'm not in front of other people, if I'm practicing on my own, which I highly recommend improving on your own before doing it in front of others. But I fall, I trip and fall. Okay, well, there's floor work in belly dance, so I'm down there. I'm going to worm the way up and undulate and show off all my cool floor work that I do, and then I'm going to gracefully get up. Or maybe it was a really dramatic fall. Oh, and I stay down for a moment, and I hold it there, and then I look at my audience, and I give them this really intense, piercing gaze, and they think, oh... Oh, wow, that was on purpose. And the thing is that no one will ever know if it wasn't on purpose if you don't show them that it wasn't on purpose. So if you are performing this improvisation, 
you make a mistake, no one knows. No one knows except for you. And guess what? Maybe it wasn't even actually a mistake. And the thought of that is so incredibly liberating if you can apply it to other parts of your life. I know there are lots of cheesy sayings where it's like, if you misstep, just make that part of the dance. But there's a reason why people say that. If I go into a social situation and I say something really dumb and I feel like an idiot, I can take that and feel horrible about myself. Or, at least for me, I can approach it and be like, wow, I can say to the person, oh my gosh, wow, that was really dumb. I cannot believe that I said that. This is hilarious. And laugh about it with them and show them that I'm a human being and keep going and not just shut down. With dancing, you are moving your body and trying to express yourself through movement. And that's a very vulnerable state to be in. It's vulnerable if you have an audience watching you as you just try to release everything that's going on and tap into whatever creative movement that you have inside of you and express that through your body. It's kind of crazy how you can create a dance out of just whatever music you have or just whatever energy you have in the moment. The liberation of realizing that that movement or that thing you said is only a failure if you think that it is and if you express to yourself and to others that it's a failure. Now, I'm not talking about like doing real things because you definitely can fail in life. I'm talking about having a conversation with a stranger. If you have something and you say something that you think was maybe really super awkward, you can either stop talking and clam up and look away and not make eye contact with that person anymore, or you can just keep going and refuse to acknowledge that there was anything wrong with being awkward in that moment. Again, I'm not talking about being a creeper and not picking up on social cues if the other person is freaked out by you or really not wanting to interact with you. I'm talking about just a normal conversation. For people who have social anxiety, it can feel sometimes like that person is judging you and everything you say is wrong. But it's only wrong if you feel like it's wrong. I don't want that to be misinterpreted and that like, like you can say whatever the fuck you want and it's not offensive unless you think that it's offensive. Again, I'm talking about if I went up to somebody and said, hey, hello, hey hello, hi, how, how's it going? And I mumbled and I stuttered and kind of got stuck on my words. Yeah, okay. That's a little weird. But I said hello to that person. I didn't do anything mean or rude. And it's not that weird. People trip up over their words all the time. And if that person judges me, well, fuck them. I don't care. I'm the person that's putting all the judgment and hate on myself. And if I can somehow release that and say, okay, well, that was a weird start. I'm just going to keep going. I'm, or I'm going to laugh it off and be like, wow, I can't talk. That's the kind of damn happened. How How's your day? I can't even say it. But oh my gosh, there I'm tripping over my words again. Ah, oh, it's one of those days. How are you doing today? Just embracing it. Embracing that moment. Being a human and showing people who you are and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. It's incredibly terrifying, but it's exhilarating. 
And that's why people like fall in love with improv comedy or doing improvisational dance because of the excitement and that rush of energy you get when you're able to put yourself in that mental state. Okay, that's dance, kind of being able to be in that mental flow and taking any missteps and incorporating it into what you're doing. And having the confidence and the control to understand that the whole thing isn't ruined if you make a mistake. So the other thing, I said there were two things. The second one, and I could talk about this one for forever, but I promise you I won't, is role-playing games. Specifically for me, um, D&D, but any kind of like tabletop role-playing game or LARPing or that kind of stuff, it's an incredibly powerful tool for learning how to improvise and how to reshape your mental patterns into something that allows you to be more creative and embrace new experiences and new mental patterns. If you know me at all, you know I am obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons. I, at one point fairly recently, was playing like three games a week and or four games a week and DMing three of them. The point is, we rewind back in time. Little Emily, aka Emily just out of college, so it's not actually that little, uh, was first finally diving into role-playing games through the game uh, Vampire the Requiem. I had wanted for so long to play D&D, like for real, play a campaign or play a tabletop role-playing game. And when I got into the situation where I played it, I froze. I had built up in my mind so much anxiety just in my normal interactions socially that I couldn't role play. I just, I didn't know what to say. And anything that I thought of to say, it would have been awkward or weird or it wouldn't have been a good portrayal of my character or people would have laughed at me. Not that that ever would have happened. It was a very safe space, but I was still scared. I couldn't speak up. I couldn't put myself in that mental state because I hadn't really figured out how to improvise while speaking. I may have figured out how to do it while moving, but I hadn't, and this is going to sound really cheesy, I hadn't found my voice yet. I, for such a long time in my life, would freeze up and my mind would go blank when someone would want to talk to me if I didn't know them. In school, I never never raised my hand. I would sit terrified in the classes where instructors would call on people just out of the blue, just hoping and praying and being mentally paralyzed with the idea that they were going to call on me and my mind was going to be go blank and I wouldn't know the answer even if I did know the answer and people would judge me and I would feel like an idiot. And so that built up and built up to the point where I was playing a game that I'd wanted to play for so long. I'd wanted to be a role player for so long. And I couldn't do it. So we, we move forward a little bit. Emily gets a little bit older. Emily learns to deal with her anxiety a little bit. But the real thing that helped me was kind of when I was forced to be a DM. And I use the word force very lightly. I got super into watching Critical Role. And I thought, I have to play D&D. I've wanted to do this for so long. It looks like so much fun, but no one is DMing. No one's playing. 
I'm going to force my friends to play with me and I'm going to be the DM. And it was terrifying. That first session, oh God, I had so many thoughts racing in my head about, oh, everybody hates this. This is terrible. What are you doing? What was that voice? How are you doing this? Oh my gosh, you're forgetting everything. This, this is so dumb. No one likes this. You're not going to, you're just doing a terrible job. They're never going to want to come back. But they did. They kept coming back. And you know what? The thing about being a DM is you don't have a choice. You just have to keep going. So it's a forced improv. If you're a player character, yeah, you could just sit there and do nothing the whole time. And it would kind of suck, but you don't have to do anything. You're not creating the story unless you want to create the story. The DM, you are the world that these people are in. And again, just like with the dancing, it turns out that any choice that I make as the DM is what is real and what is correct in that world because I'm the person that's building it. Like with dancing, all of those movements, none of them are a mistake unless I feel and say that they're a mistake. I don't mean like abusing your players and being really mean and horribly racist and sexist and doing really sketchy weird things. I'm talking about, let's say, you just come up with this NPC and they're really, really dumb and they stumble over all their words and it just, you feel like it's a super awkward, weird interaction. Well, guess what? There are tons of people like that in the world and that's now a real character there. And even if that was just a manifestation of you feeling weird and awkward, it's a character. It's not you. Being able to have that control and realize that not only am I creating this along with these other people, these other people want me to create it and are here with me helping me create it. And we're working together to weave together a world that is solely from our brains. It's incredibly powerful and it's incredibly liberating because the choices that we all make don't have any real impact on the world around us, but they can help us explore real parts of ourselves. So to sum up, please just try some improv, whether it's reading about improv comedy whether it's just listening to some improvisation that people do, improv improvising if you play an instrument or trying to dance a little bit, or the probably the most accessible to most people is playing a role-playing game and allowing yourself to try something new and doing it in a safe space and taking any mistakes and just keep going and allowing the weirdness to spawn new and great aspects of yourself. You can stay the same and you can play the same mental tape over and over to yourself and you can wish and dream and desire to be better and to change and to not have to worry so much. But you're never going to be able to break out of that if you don't do anything different. And the whole point of improvisation is to think of something new or look at something from a different perspective. That's where the magic of creativity and new ideas and new thoughts and change and mental fulfillment comes from. At least a lot of it can come from that. So I recommend to you, maybe go out and play some d and I don't know. Do something that shakes things up a little bit for you. Allow yourself, even if it's just in an interaction with a stranger, to try something new. 
See where that takes you and allow that to take you somewhere new. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it if you've listened all the way through this one. I hope that this one was interesting and next week we'll talk about something else. So if you didn't like it, check out the next episode. I would love if you've enjoyed this for you to share it with other people, to give it a like or subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on whatever you feel like doing or you can just keep listening and uh not share it with anybody and keep it to yourself keep it secret keep it safe My precious. anyway i hope you have an excellent week and i will talk to you next time